This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. our nation and some things are taking place right now and they're not pleasant and I'm not saying that every little thing you know the enemy will jump in there and try to do his thing to and show out but you know we we can be discerning and understand God's where God's at work amen because we know him hallelujah so welcome this morning we're talking about reigniting our hopes anybody's hope been encouraged this month in this series reigniting our hope God has a plan for you, has a hope in the future. Today we're going to talk about the fulfillment of hope. The fulfillment of hope. Because, you know, remember we said hope is the happy anticipation of something good. Let's say that together. The happy anticipation of something good. Woo, I like that. Good. <laughs> Good's coming your way. So here's the thing, though. What is the future you're expecting? What is the, the future you're speaking about? Amen. Not, not the one you're speaking about when you're here at church. I'm talking about when you're at home. When you're looking at the checkbook, when you look at your spouse or whatever. You know, the one you're planning for. Is it a paste and copy of last year? Well, you know. Is it a, just a get by, you know, hope? You know, so, but, you know, God wants to fulfill our hope because remember we said... We read last year in, uh, or last week in, in, in the book of Proverbs, it says, when hope is deferred, it makes the heart sick. God wants our hopes to be fulfilled. You know, it's not the old carrot and stick. You know, you've seen the picture, you know, they got a uh, carrot, you know, on a, a stick with a long string and they hold it out in front of the donkey or the horse to get him to keep. That's not the way God's treating us. It's not like, okay, <laughs> just going to keep you going, keep you going another day. No, God wants your hopes to be fulfilled. So th the thing about it is, look, let's look over at Isaiah 43. That's where we're going to start. Are you looking back or looking forward? Now, notice what he says here in Isaiah, and I really want us to get a hold of this. We've looked at this before, but he says in verse 18, Forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. Don't dwell on the past. Who's saying this? God is saying this. Not just the preacher saying this, this is his guy. He said, don't dwell on the past. I mean, the past is past, isn't it? You can't live in the past. Well, you can try to. He said, see, see. Everybody say, see. God wants you to see something. What is it that God wants us to see? Not the past. He said, see, I'm doing a new thing. A new thing. That word new there means fresh. It can also mean to renew, to repair, or rebuild. Maybe God's going to repair something in your life. Maybe a relationship. He's going to rebuild something. He's going to refresh your, your walk with God. Your passion for God. Maybe your passion for that future and that hope that, that's kind of gotten dim because of circumstances. Because of things that come against you. Come against your life. Come against your mind. He said, I'm going to, he said see, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up, do you not perceive it? That is a real critical thing. We have to perceive what God's doing. It's real easy to, to see the circumstance, isn't it? 
I mean, the circumstances like right there in your face. The circumstances shouting at you day after day, isn't it? It's right there. But see, God says you've got to be able to perceive and see the new thing that God's doing. That's where hope comes in. God wants to do something new, irrespective of your circumstance. Amen? Absolutely. He's, he's bigger than your circumstance. You need, to, you need to tell yourself that from time to time. God's bigger than my circumstance. He's bigger than what I'm facing. He says, notice, he said, do you not perceive it? Listen, we have to perceive it. And to perceive it means that spiritually we've got to have, be in tune enough with God and with the Spirit of God so that we can perceive what God's doing. Otherwise, our circumstance will, will just shout down that still, small voice, that, that witness of our spirit that God's t- trying to, to, to let us know, hey, you know what? Your future's still intact. Your hope can still live. It can, he wants to fulfill your hope. And he goes on and says, I'm making a way in the wilderness. You feel like you're in the wilderness? Well, it doesn't matter. God says, I'm going to make a way. <laughs> I don't care how wild it looks, how wild your circumstances, how bad things have gotten. He says, I can make a way in the wilderness. Didn't Jesus say, I am the way? (laughs) Amen. And streams in the wasteland. One translation says streams in the badlands. Maybe you feel like you're in the badland right now. But he says, I'm going to make a stream there. We know the stream, that's, uh, that signifies what? The Holy Spirit doesn't. Water, this, Jesus said, out of your innermost being, rivers, streams of living water will flow. He's talking about, he says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring life to the badlands. Maybe you feel like you're in a bad place, in a bad land, and you've been going through there. He says, if you will look and see and not let go of your hope that God has given you, the dream that he's given you, he said, I'm going to fulfill it. And he said, I'm going to, even if I have to make a way, in the wilderness, in streams, in the wasteland, or in the desert. He said, I'm able to do it. He's committed himself to doing that. So we're either looking forward or looking back. So we need to forget what has happened. Forget the old. And start looking for and seeing the new. That means we got to what? Change our perspective. Change our perspective. In Ezekiel, I love this, this verse here, Ezekiel chapter 12. Verse 21, it says, The word came to me, it says, Son of man, what is this proverb that you have in the land of Israel? And sometimes it's in our land. The days go by and every vision comes to nothing. Well, you know, they prophesied this and, you know, and I had this dream and I had this hope, but, you know, it, it's not coming to pass. I guess it's not just not going to come to pass. He says, Say this to them. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Everybody say, Sovereign Lord. I like that he put in there sovereign. That means God's going to do something of his own initiative and his own power, regardless of what man does. This is what the sovereign Lord says. I'm going to put an end to this proverb. If you've been saying that, or if your circumstances have been saying that to you, it's never going to happen. Your dream's never going to happen. The vision's never going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's been too long. Just tell him to shut up because the sovereign Lord says he's putting an end to it. Amen. He said, they will no longer quote it in Israel. But say to them, listen to this now, the days are near when every vision will be fulfilled. 
Well, everyone would mean you're one. Isn't that right? Everyone will be fulfilled. For there will be no more false visions. You know, people talk about, you know, giving people false hope. But I want to tell you what, if it's rooted in God, if it's rooted in His Word, if it's rooted in His promise to you, there's no way it's false. He says, I'm going to make sure that every hope, every vision, every dream comes to pass if you won't let go. God wants to fulfill our hopes. It's absolutely. But it's critical that we change our expectation. Because if you live in the past, the past experience will try to prophesy to your future. And it will tell you it's going to be a, a, you know, it's going to be a cut and paste job. You know, the same thing, or, or worse. It's either going to be just as bad as last year or it's probably going to be worse. Very seldom that circumstances ever tell you an encouraging word. Isn't that right? <clears throat> so that brings me to this point. Are we listening? Are you listening to lying prophets? And Jeremiah, you're real close there. Turn back to Jeremiah 14. <clears throat> in Jeremiah's day, he was prophesying things in, in the context here. He's prophesying about things, <clears throat> you know, and they weren't happy things. So there were false prophets that began to prophesy what everybody wanted to hear. But I want to take off the principle of lying prophets here. Notice what he says here about the lying prophet. He said, the prophet's are prophesying lies in my name. I have not sent them or appointed them or spoken to them. They are prophesying to you false dreams, divinations, idolatries, and delusions of their own minds. Now I want to bring this over into what we're talking about, the fulfillment of our hope. And I want to talk about some what can become some lying prophets in our life. The first one that can be a lying prophet is the prophet of reason, what I think. Well, I think that this is, you know, I just think, man, we've had it. I just think that God's out to get us. I just think this is all God's judgment on America. I just think. <clears throat> but here's the thing. You better make sure that what you're thinking is what God's thinking. Because your thoughts, what did God say? My thoughts are not. And he says in Proverbs, he said, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not upon your own, your own reason. See, sometimes. <clears throat> Excuse me. Is there some water down there? I got a frog that won't go away. Thank you, baby. I'll let you take it back. I don't have anywhere to put it. (laughs) There can be lying prophets, and reason can be one of them. Now, you know, reason is wonderful in its right place, and there's a a lot of good places, you know, we need to use some good reason and good common sense. I know some people, and you probably do too, that they could use a good dose of... Anyway, we won't go there. But when it comes to... There are a lot of times, though, that our reasoning can begin to prophesy to us in relation to the dream and the hope and the promise of God. It can begin to prophesy to us lies. Well, look at this. Boy, sure don't look like God's doing anything here. It looks like things are getting worse instead of better. I thought God said, I thought you said that God said. So, you're, see, he talks about listening to lying prophets in Jeremiah's day, but, you know, we can, we can have some lying prophets that are speaking to us about our future. <clears throat> and a lot of times it works through our reasoning. 
Well, you know, it's just not reasonable to hold on to that dream. Well, that's a lying prophet. Because if God gave it to you, if God, it's based in God's Word and His promise, then reason can say all it wants to. I mean, we've already looked at Abraham, haven't we? I mean, do you think reason says that Abram at 99 and his wife at 90 are going to have a child? Well, if he'd have listened to reason, he, he never would. There would have been an Isaac, would there? And see, here's the thing. Isaac is a child of promise. The child of promise is going to come about because God said so. It's going to come about by God's power in working in agreement with your faith and your expectation of hope. But if you listen to the lying prophetic voice of reason in that instance, it can really deceive you. And it can really begin to even cause discouragement to you. A lying prophet. The other one is, a lying prophet is our circumstances. What I see. Oh boy, this is a big one, isn't it? Because every day that we're going to work, every day we're in our home, every day that, you know, we're seeing the news, listening to the news, whatever's going on. I mean, man, I, let's face it, most of it is a negative. Isn't that true? You know, this many died. Uh, you know, earthquake over here, it was a fire over there, it was a blizzard over here, it was a locust swarm over there, it was, you know, I mean, it's just, I mean, it just goes on and on and on. And <clears throat> when it comes to our own life, we can look at our circumstances, and it's so easy to be moved by what we see. My circumstances just don't seem to be in agreement with, with the hope God's given me, with the dream God's given me. I don't understand this, where is it at? Well, remember what Paul said, he said that we are people of faith, and we walk by sight. We do not walk by sight, but we walk by faith, don't we? And he says over there in 2 Corinthians 4, he said, While we look not at the things which are we look not at the things which are we look not at the things which are what's the things that are seen? It's our circumstance, isn't it? And you know the word circumstance means to surround. The root word of that means to surround. And so that's what happens. We, we start looking at everything, and it seems like we're just hemmed in. We're, we're surrounded. This is wrong. That's wrong. My finances are wrong. My health is wrong. My kids are wrong. Everything's wrong. Pretty soon, you're listening to that prophet, the prophet of circumstance. And it's a lying prophet because God says, you know, He says, I've got a hope. I've got a future. I've got a plan for you. And He's going to bring it to pass. You remember the prophet of old, you know, well, you know, his servant got up one morning, you know, went outside the, the tent there, and he looked out, and here were the armies of the king of Israel. They were all, Syria all around them. And he ran back in and told the prophet, he said, man, he said, we've had it now. They've surrounded us. And the prophet said, don't worry. I'm paraphrasing. He said, don't sweat it. He said, more there be for us than be against us. I can just see him going, one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two. Stuck his head out in the tent, surrounded by an army. One, two, one, two. What? He needed what? A change in perspective. And see, these lying prophets, what they're trying to do is to change your perspective from God-centered to this natural world-centered, to your circumstance, to your reason, centered in that. But the Bible says that's not a good and reliable thing to lean upon. He says, don't lean on that. What? We're going to lean on God. We're going to lean on God's promise. We're going to lean on the dream, the hope He's given us. 
circumstances, what I see. And then the third lying prophet is this, worry. You know what worry is? It's the future I fear. The future I fear. That's what worry is about. You ever worry about something good happening to you? <laughs> you I never have, have you? Boy, I tell you, I couldn't sleep last night. I was just worrying that God was going to bless me. <laughs> I was so worried that God was going to heal me. I just, no. Worries about the fu future I fear. Not the future I want, not the future I'm. So see, it can be, worry is a lying prophet. Because you know how it works. I have to tell you, you're human just like me. It's not going to happen. It's not going to work. You're going down. You're going under. It's not working. It's not working. You know how it goes. He just nags at you. So those are three lying prophets that can keep you from seeing your hope fulfilled. That is reason, what I think, circumstances, what I can see, and then worry, the future I fear. All of those can keep you from uh, realizing your dream. Notice what Jesus said. I, I love this dissertation in Matthew 6. We're not going to read all of it. I'm just going to read a, a verse here. <clears throat> he said, verse 34, he said, Therefore, after he'd said all these things, you know, about don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink. Don't, uh, you know the story there. All that stuff. He said, he sums it up. He said, because of all this, don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about tomorrow because worry is based in fear. And fear is not based in God. So, you know, why worry about, you know, and, and you know this is true. A big portion of the stuff, thank God, that we worry about or we're afraid of never happens. Thank God, God's mercy. But here's the thing. I don't want worry and fear to be a prophet that I base my hope in, my faith in, and my trust in. Not to mention it steals your, your peace. That too, joy too, amen. So don't listen to the lying prophets. If you want to see your, the fulfillment of your hope, and I believe you do, I certainly do, I want to see the fulfillment of God's hopes, the dreams and plans He has for you, for your family, for this church. Amen? God's not through with us. I said, God's not through with us. I don't listen to the lying voices. I don't listen to the lying circumstances. I don't listen to uh, worry trying to come in. I'm telling you what, what God said is the way it's going to be. I believe it. God said it. I believe it. That settles it. Remember when we used to say that? <laughs> well, it's still true, isn't it? Unless you listen to the lying prophets. So we want to reach for God's future. I'm going to read this even though we've read it before. But it's, it'll encourage you. Jeremiah 29, you probably can quote it. But I want to read it again. <clears throat> God's speaking. He says, I know. Aren't you glad God knows? God didn't say, you know, I'm thinking about the plans I have for you. <laughs> I got some possible plans for you. I might have some plans for you. No, he said, I know the plans I have for you. Say this, I know, I know that God knows, God knows the plans He has for me. Wow. Amen. And you know what? And God wants you to know that. <laughs> he wants you to be in on the know. Amen? Amen. 
I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans, listen to this, to prosper you. Now, that word prosper means more than just money. It includes that, but it it has to do with health, well-being, peace of mind, peace of heart, healthy relationships, all that. It's, it's, all of that is the prosperity of God because you can have all kind of money and still not prosper, not in the biblical sense. Hey, we know all kinds of people that's got all kinds of money. They're on their sixth marriage. <laughs> plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Everybody say, not to harm you. So where's this COVID thing from? That must be God bringing it down on everybody. But he says his plans is not to harm you. Somebody's got it wrong. I think I'll just go with the Bible. Well, you, what about you? Men's got their opinions. I understand that. But like I said, an opinion's like a nose. Everybody's got one. Not to harm you. Plans to give you hope. Everybody say hope. hope. Oh, yeah. He wants to see your hopes fulfilled. Plans to give you a hope that will be fulfilled in a future. In a future. Don't listen to those lying prophets. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me. See, until you realize that And it's settled in you that you know that God has a plan for you, that His plan is to prosper you, to give you a hope in the future. You're not going to seek God about it. I don't want to hear, you know, I want to go before God and say, God, you know, when's the locust coming? <laughs> God, when am I going to lose my job and my house and... Is that what you want to seek God to find out? No. Once you know that He has a hope for you, a future, a plan, something good, that is to prosper you, to give you a hope in the future, He said, then you will seek me. You ain't kidding. You better know I am. I want in on this. What you got that's coming down good, God? What's going on here? I'm going to get in on this. I want to get in on the plan God has for me. He said, then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. Woo! You know, we, we would think it's a pretty big deal if we could, we could reach our senator and just talk to him or her in person. That would be, that's next to impossible, isn't it? You ever tried it? Oh, boy. But God says, if you come and call to me, he said, you're going to have my ear. You're going to have my presence. You're going to have my audience. He said, I'm going to listen to you. Man, I'd rather talk to somebody that can do something about it than talk to somebody that ain't going to do anything about it anyway. He said, <clears throat> he said, I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Now listen, here's the thing. God's not into playing games. If you're not serious about God's plan, if you're not serious about God's future and His hope that He has for you, then I want to tell you what, you won't do this. And you know, it amazes me how people in pain and can be in a place that is not a good place, but you know what? The human capacity for adapting is amazing. And that's true on the positive, but it can be true on the negative. I know some people, you know, if God took their fears and worries away, they wouldn't know what to do. 
They wouldn't know what to do with themselves. You know people like that. You've known sometimes as Christians. I've known Christians for 10 or 20 years. They're, I mean, they're, they're, they're still at the same place they were 20 years ago, still talking the same stuff, same blah, blah. Oh, me, I'm a victim. It's bad. I, this has happened. That's happened. Every time you see them, something's happened. I'm thinking, Lord, what's going on here? Are you, you just don't like them or something? And I know better than that because God says he's no respecter of persons. Isn't that right? No, it's all about perspective. So here's the thing. Reaching for God, he said, when you seek me with all your heart, he said, I will be found by you, and I will bring you back from your captivity. Now, that was a literal captivity he was speaking here, but for us, you can still be captive. You can be captive in your mind by reason. You can be captive by the circumstances that surround you. Isn't that true? You can be captive by fears that want to prophesy about your future that you don't want. We're reaching for God's future. You know, God wants you to begin to plant some dream seeds. Because here's the thing. My harvest reflects my seeds. And we know what our seeds are. Primarily, they're our words, aren't they? Proverbs 18, 21, we all know it. He said, life and death are in the power of the tongues. And those that love it will eat its fruit. Now, I'm going to say something here, and I'm not trying to say it to be hard because things happen to all of us, okay? But i tell you what, if things were upside down continually and constantly in my life, I guarantee you one of the first things I would look at, what are the seeds I've been sowing? Because Galatians 6, 7 says this, this law cannot be mocked. Whatever, whatever any person sows, they're going to reap. And so my harvest, what, what am I reaping right now? That, that tells me what, what I've been listening to, what I've been, the seeds I've been planting. Some, of you, some people plant nightmare seeds instead of dream seeds. Death seeds. Well, I tell you, I know it's just going to get worse. I know it is. How you know? Well, the prophets say, I mean, the newsmen say, Yeah, it's true. Some people, man, they, they see it on the Internet. That's it. You try to tell them in, the, in God's Word, the Bible. Well, I don't know, Pastor. Amazes me. This does. Reaching for God's future. Dream seeds. My harvest reflects my words. What are you saying about your future? What are you saying about your hopes and dreams? Well, you know. I don't, yeah, I, I just, I don't know. Maybe we'll get by. I don't want to live my life on maybe, do you? Maybe. Maybe God will come through. Maybe I'll make it to heaven. Maybe I'm forgiven. Maybe my sins are forgiven. Maybe, I don't want to die in a maybe, do you? I don't want to live my life in a maybe. And that's not what hope, hope is not about a maybe. Hope is based in God. It's an anchor for the soul. We've looked at that, isn't it? And it, hope gives direction for our faith. Our faith doesn't have anything to It's the blueprint. That's what faith is going to work on. And see, some people, they got all kind of faith, but some people, they, don't have, they have very little hope. So their faith never produces anything. 
You know, I shared with you when we built our house. Some of you built a house, you know. before They didn't just go out there on the land and just start, you know, slinging <laughs> brick together and putting up this and that and the other, you know. And, you know, you got... You know, you got the kitchen here instead of the, you know, instead of the dining area there. You got the bathroom. No, they, you know, they have a blueprint, don't they? And you can look at that blueprint before anybody does anything, and you know exactly what's going to go where, how it's going to look. That's what your hope is. That's why the, that's why these lying prophets and the devil want to steal your hope if they can. But they can't unless you let them. So what are the seeds you're sowing? Trees of life. You remember in uh, Genesis chapter 2, it talked about, along with the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that also there was the tree of life there. And if you read very carefully there, God never told them they couldn't eat from it. He just said, don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And I often wonder, I wonder why they never ate from the tree of life. I mean, you know. <laughs> and then, of course, you can read about it again. In the New Jerusalem, it talks about the city of God. It talks about the tree of life there in the midst and all, you know. And it's, the leaves are for the healing of the nations. You've re- you know what I'm talking about over there. Revelations 22, 21, 22. But there are some trees of life right now that the Bible uh, talks about that we can plant and feast upon in our life. And these are the seeds that we want to plant. We want to plant. I want trees of life in my, I don't want, I don't want death. I don't want that that's going to that produce death. I want that that's going to bring forth God's love, God's joy, God's peace, God's goodness, God's righteousness. I want, you know, I want all of those things in my life. Don't you? Sure you do. I know you do. Look in, uh, let's look over here real quickly. Proverbs 3. <clears throat> 318. Now, if you start up there a little bit further, about 13, he said, Blessed are those who find wisdom and understanding. And then he talks about all the benefits there, okay? For the sake of time, I'm not going to read that. But he's talking about long life is in her, is in her right hand, her left hand riches and honor, ways are pleasant ways, all her paths are peace. He's talking about this. Now notice he sums it up talking about wisdom. She is a tree of life, a tree of life to those who take hold of her. What, what wisdom? The wisdom from God's Word. The wisdom from God's Spirit. The wisdom from God's leading. The wisdom of God's plan and future for us. The wisdom of God's hope He's put within your heart. He says, she is a tree of life to those who hold her, take hold of her. Those who hold her fast will be blessed. So here's a tree of life. God's wisdom is a tree of life that we can feast on right now. We don't have to wait till that Revelation 22. We can feast on the tree of life. We can plant tree, the tree of life in our, in our own lives if we will what, lay hold of the wisdom of God from His Word, from His promise, from His hope, from His future, and His plan for you and me. He said it's a tree of life. So it's going to produce life, isn't it? It's going to produce life. So here's the thing. What are you you going to take hold of? Take hold of God's wisdom. 
And then in, uh, you're right there in Proverbs, look in chapter 15, <clears throat> verse 4. The soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. That word soothing there, you can look at it in Hebrew, it means healing, medicine, health. Well, that lines up over there with Proverbs 4 where he says, you know, he said, keep, keep my words in the midst of your heart for they are what? Life to all those who find them, and what? Health or medicine to all their flesh. Well, he says here, our tongue can be a tongue that releases the tree of life. Or it can crush the spirit. And sometimes the spirit we're crushing is our own. Or sometimes it might be our spouses. Or it might be our kids. Instead of speaking life, we're speaking judgment, criticism, condemnation, all those things. That's not life. There's no life in that. So here's the thing. We're reaching for and want to partake of and plant the trees of life right now in our lives, in our hopes, in our futures. So I want to ask you three things here as we start to close on this. First off is what direction are you looking? Are you looking back or looking forward? Are you one of those that says, well... Here's the proverb, nothing changes, it's all the same. I know the preacher said, God said, blah, 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 but you know, it's just the same old stuff that it's always been. Are you looking forward where you're believing that God says, this is what the sovereign Lord says about your future and about what He's spoken to you, that He said the day is near when every dream, every vision, every hope will be made full, come to pass. Looking forward to looking back. Second is, which prophet are you listening? To which prophet are you listening? The prophet of reason? Well, now, it's just, God, you think God's going to do a miracle for you. That is just, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. You, you must go to some nutball church. <laughs> God's not going to do that for you. Or just, you know, you're just look, looking at, you know, the prophet of circumstance. Well, I'll tell you what, boy, we're surrounded. Well, you need, to, you need to be like that prophet over there who he prayed for his servant. He said, open his eyes, Lord. When he did, you remember, it, he showed all, you know, that army was surrounded by a bigger army. The army of God. <laughs> Amen. And never forget this. There's more for us than there is against us. I mean, if a third of the angels fell, I'm not, I'm not a math major, but I think that leaves two-thirds, right? And I believe two-thirds is bigger than one-third. Am I right there? Not to mention the greater one who lives in us. So to which prophet are you listening? Let's listen to the prophet Jesus. Amen. He is our prophet. He is the apostle prophet of our faith. Amen. Absolutely. And then finally, for what future are you reaching? Well, if I could just get by. Well, that's, that's what you'll have. This is the thing. Sometimes you want to, but, you, you know, you want to walk in love and you want to be nice. But sometimes when people tell me that, I want to tell them, well, what are you complaining about? You got what you said you wanted. You're getting by. You're alive, aren't you? You must be getting by. You know, but, I, you know, you want to be 
kind. <laughs> but, you know, maybe sometimes maybe we should just be blunt. Maybe it'll wake them up. I don't know. But you know. what future are you reaching for? Is it the lying prophet future? The worry, the fear of the future you don't want? Or are you listening to what God has said? What has he spoken to you in your prayer closet? What has he said to you about your, your marriage, about your kids, about your future, about his plans, his purposes? Amen? That's the future I want. Let's pray. Would you close by your heads just for a moment? Father, everyone in here, we have a future. We have a future. And Lord, I know this, that it can be the good future you have for us, or it can be an alternative future. As always, Lord, we are the linchpin. We are the one who decides which future we will have. Father, I pray for everyone in here. Lord, maybe some have been listening to the wrong prophet prophesying over their life, the prophet of circumstance, the prophet of reason or worry. Father, I just pray in the name of Jesus that the light of truth will come in. Father, they will not listen to lying vanities, but they will put their trust in the living God who has saved them, who has forgiven them, who has made heaven their home and has given them a hope and a future. Today, Lord, today, I pray that you would renew the hopes and dreams of many in this place today. The hopes and dreams of everyone, if possible, Lord. The hopes and dreams, the future that you have for them, the plans to prosper them, the good thing. Lord, let their, them live in the happy anticipation of the good thing, the good future that you have for them. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I know you just prayed about our future and all, but I really, I really am wanting prayer. I need prayer because lying prophets have been prophesying to me about my marriage, about my family, about my finance, about my health, about my kids, whatever it is. So I want to pray specifically while heads are still bowed. If you would just, if you want in on this prayer specifically, okay, would you just raise your hand right where you're at? Right where you're at. I see hands. I see them. I see them. All right. Just, just kind of, you don't have to raise them way up, but just keep them up. Father, you see these hands specifically, specifically, Father, and I come into agreement with them. Father, whatever the lying prophet is speaking to them, I declare in Jesus' name that its power is broken over their lives. It's broken over their minds. It's broken over the words of their mouth. It's broken over their circumstance in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you that right now they choose, and this is your part, you choose to trust in the Lord with all your heart. You choose the future God has for you. You choose to grab hold of the hope and the dream God has for you and trust God that it will come to pass. You speak words of life, dream seeds, dream seeds. Speak words of life over that hope. Nurture it. And God will surely bring it to pass. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. 
For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church. Thank you.